Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend, the founder of startups.com. Uh, Will, hypothetically speaking, hypothetically, for everybody listening, this is hypothetical. Uh, we run out of money and nobody wants to give us any more. What do we do? <laughs> run for the hills. We are in the no man's land of funding. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Time to Sounds go. Like a great place to be. Uh, well, you know, no one ever told me I was there. That's the worst part, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I, I thought like we'd raised a bunch of money. This is for multiple startups. We'd raised a bunch of money. And I thought at that moment that, you know, we're just going to get more money, but you go out to the market and then like anything else in life, at some point you start to look around and realize it ain't happening. Right. The difference is we've talked about this like in long ago in another podcast was no one tells you, right? There's, you're yeah. waiting for that moment where somebody comes in and they're like, okay, you know, you pull you out of the game, you know, coach says got to sub you out kind of thing. <laughs> right. And, and it doesn't happen. And you're just left there. Like again, in no man's land and it sucks. And I think we should talk about, there's a lot of people that either are in that spot right now yeah. or think they might be, and probably will be, it sucks, but it happens. Uh, and what do you actually do about it, right? And so right. Let's, let's walk through it. Let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, kind of what your options are and, and what people tend to do and, and uh, what's realistic. All right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. So can we, can we start by talking like how, what are, the, what are the early signs here? What's the canary in the coal mine at this point? I mean, obviously running out of money all the way um, is one of them, but is there anything else that gives us the, the, the sort of heads up that, hey, this, this situation's about to occur. We're, we're sort of in that spot, given that yeah. nobody's going to tell you us. Know, one people don't expect, yeah. it's when you ask your investors, your existing investors, how much they're going to put in the next round, and they don't give you a straight answer, or they say uh, no. Or no, right? yeah. Because just to be clear, the whole point of investing is that when things are going well and or you believe in the company, Yep. You want to put more money in because the stock is going up. You want more of it, right? That's the whole point of this thing. Yes. Conversely, if you're not putting money into it, and look, there's sometimes other reasons. Sometimes maybe the next round is bigger than what you invested. You know, right. it's outside of your preferences. Or maybe you don't have more cash, who knows? Uh, but generally speaking, when you're sitting in the boardroom and you're asking everybody, uh, hey, uh, how's this next round look? And yeah. everyone's just looking at each other and, and they don't have like a, a real answer. What's, what's, what's that saying that um, if you don't know who the sucker is at the table, it's you? It's you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. that would apply oh, in this man. very case. Is it, is it safe to say that this is, this is typically uh, an issue for funded companies, right? That we're, you know, and, and it's your your companies that are were already intending to go on and raise a second round. So this is that that gap between funding rounds that then there isn't really a gap because there's no second funding round. Um, right. This isn't a problem that exists if we're not actively trying to go from like Series A to Series B to Series C. Right, right, right. It, the, the thing is, once you raise money, you just constantly raise money. That's the whole yep. point of this game. <laughs> Folks that haven't done it before, 
think that, oh, I just raised a round and that's sort of just it, right? And then right. I guess we make a ton of money and we never need more money. And that sounds awesome. But the, kind of the general saying is, if you, if you raise money the first time, you only have two outcomes. Either things go really shitty and you have to go raise more money or things go really well and you have to go raise money because you need more <laughs> money to, to keep that, yeah. that party going. Yeah. And either way, you're there. But what winds up happening invariably is we all hit a point where we're ready to raise the next round, run around. And we start talking to investors and talking to our own investors and trying to get people fired up. But nobody seems like that fired up, right? You yeah, can yeah. tell like, you know, uh, you went on a date and you're not quite getting that call back. You're sitting there waiting <laughs> for the phone to ring. Yep. And, and, and everybody kind of feels it, but nobody talks about it. And that's the worst part. So as a founder, here's where your head is at. Right now, you're thinking, well, I'm just waiting for a few investors to call me back. That's really, you know, that's, that's all this is. And yeah, some of the existing investors, probably just not good timing for them, but that probably right. happens all the time, right? And you don't realize you're in no man's land. And you also don't realize that there are only three options to get out of it. And, and we'll talk about what those options are in detail, but that's it. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing else you can do. And the whole point is you have to quickly and decisively exercise one of the options. And there's no other question. So uh, let's, let's get into the options. Sure. So option number one, and I, I like this one because it's a bit of a curveball. It's what a lot of people don't think of, but I love it when founders talk about it. It's to buy it back. Yeah. Right? Yep. Because, it, Ryan, I'm trying to think, do you remember we talked about this in another episode where we said there's this interesting spot where all this money goes into a company, yeah. right? All this venture funding, et cetera, yeah. you know, all this investment to build this great asset with the intention that it's going to be this big venture fundable thing. Right. But then it doesn't become that outcome, right? It right. doesn't become like hundred million, billion dollar business. And so we can't raise more money because there, that outcome just doesn't exist. Proved the total addressable market. Wasn't yep. big, but still a pretty cool asset. And right. every founder right. thinks right. the same thing. They think, boy, Ryan, if you and I had just not raised money and we had this same yep. asset, this would be a badass business. Yeah. So the ninja move here, buy it back. Yep. Right. Because you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to have that business as a venture funded company, right? Because then it's a right. lifestyle business and it falls into that particular purgatory if you're venture funded. Um, so at that point, yeah, buying it back is sort of the only option you have in the scenario that you just, you just laid out. Um, yeah, because that's a, that's an entirely different type of no man's land, right? Well, not right. not not really, I guess, because that's it sort of puts in that same spot, right? They've you've figured out there's a good reason not to go get more money. That's actually something I think we should spend a minute or two on, which is why is that other funding round not coming through, right? Sometimes right. there's really good reasons for that. the The example that you gave was that the TAM just proved to not be big enough for this thing right. to be able to scale yeah. and drive venture type returns. Also doesn't mean that it can't be a good business, but it can't get more capital to try to become the business that you originally thought it could be. Happens and so this time. leaves you, right? Happens all the time. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, it, it often leads to, to death instead of just some sort of a restructuring, which is I think what we're talking about now. Um, but what are the other reasons that that other bookend just doesn't, doesn't exist, right? So why can we not get these other funding rounds? So, you know, there's... Are there times, and I can think, I can think of a few cases where uh, there were legitimately businesses that I felt like 
you know, had a good case for additional funding um, and just didn't manage to pull it together or didn't manage to pull it together in time um, and ended up in this in the same situation. But what else occurs there? Like, why do we end up in this position? You know, I can think of two different examples of, of venture funded businesses, friends of mine. Um, one, one team had a $2 million business. The other team had a $5 million business. Mm-hmm. But the problem was for what they were trying to accomplish at, you know, at the venture funding and, yep. and funding scale, the $2 million business, the next year was going to do 2.1, the next year, 2.3, the next year, mm-hmm. 2.5, right? Yep. The moment you do back-to-back, you know, 10% year-over-year growth rounds, you're not telling a venture story anymore, Correct. Right? Um, it, it's like anything else in this world. The moment people know the ending, you can't craft a new one. Right? And <laughs> right. that's a very specific yep. problem. Uh, and then the, the other uh, the other team, uh, they built a $5 million business. And it, $5 million is a fair amount of cash, you know yes. what I mean, in, in their formative stages. And early on, like year one, two, three, that starts to look really good. You're like, oh, damn, yeah. if we're at $5 million already. You know, then that's yep. $50 million in a couple of years. Until it's not. Right. But but a five million dollar business, you know, and both of these wound up being buybacks. A five million dollar business is a big enough business that, like, you probably don't want to let it go. Right. 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 The two million dollar business, uh, tough nut to swallow, but you could wind it down. Five million is a real company at that point. Yes. Right. It's not the biggest company in the world, but very few companies make it to that size, regardless of what startup lore might tell you. <laughs> and it's it's a lot harder to say I'm walking away from it. Sure, but 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 here here's what I'll say, and and uh, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. What folks don't realize is that when we get to the point of this no man's land of funding, we're in a tough spot, but the investors are totally fucked, yep. right? Because they can't run the company. They can't. They're yep. not going to buy it back and run it. Like that's not right. what they do. They can't. Yep. So, they don't have that option. Right. What we don't understand um, as the founders is we're also the operators. Yep. And if we leave, then it's game over. Yes. Right? Like, like it's, it's at that point, yep. right, it's curtains. So we actually control the final, final outcome, although it doesn't really feel that way at the time. Exactly. Well, so let's, let's circle back and let's talk about how do we actually do this? Because I think that the, the, in this, when we have these conversations with founders, invariably they're like, look, I don't have any money. That's why right. I needed more investment. What the hell are you telling me to do? Buy it back with what? How am right. I actually going to execute this? And so let's, let's walk through the mechanics of that because I think there are a lot of people listening who are going to be surprised at how possible and plausible this actually is. And, yep. uh, and it's, but it's not obvious, right? So, so let's, let's walk people through it. The step one for all of these, all the options we're going to talk about today <laughs> is to admit we're fucked. Yes. Right. Because <laughs> what's going to happen is we're going to be like, listen, I don't think we're in a very good shape or any good spot. And the investors are going to be like, no, we're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we're going to find that one, that one um, buyer, that one other investor, et cetera. And it's like, bro, that's easy for you to say. Right. Right. But I'm the one who actually has to drag this thing through the mud. Yes. I'm not willing to do it anymore. Yeah. Founders, PSA, once again, you don't have to drag yourself through the mud. Yes, you have to get beat up a little to make sure that this is the outcome. But there's a point, it's way sooner than you think it is, when it's time to be like, okay, enough is enough. I got to go fish or cut bay here. So what the buyback looks like, buyback starts with, hey, it's game over, right? So, so chapter is closed. Yep. I'm leaving unless, unless these circumstances uh, prevail. And those circumstances look something like this. I'm leaving unless uh, 
we recap the company, which essentially means we, we take all the equity back and we redistribute it. Yes. We redistribute it to the people that are going to stick around to see this thing through. You're basically taking the equity back. Now, the investors don't have to agree, but plan B is you shut it all down. Right. So plan A is yeah. you get nothing. Or, I'm sorry, plan A is you give up something. Plan B is you shut it all down. Yep. And by way of that, that's the leverage that founders don't understand they have. And I've seen so many founders go through this successfully, painfully, because no one wants yes. to hear that they're going to get recapped. But you can go back, to the, go back to the investors and come up with a new deal, a fresh yep. deal that says, here are the conditions that, that I would stick around and run this company on a go-forward basis. It's not the outcome you wanted, but it's the only outcome we have left. And if it's a $5 million company, there's money to pay people, right? There's right. a real business there. Yep. And yeah, it's not a big venture-funded business, but Ryan, if you and I own it, it might be an incredible business for us. Maybe we yes. make that a $10, $20 million business and, and we retire with amazing lives. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So, any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so the, the, the mechanics of this, again, not obvious, but also not difficult. And, and to your point, the, I think most founders don't realize they have any leverage in the situation uh, because right. they, they feel completely levered up until that point, right? right? I have to do these things. I have to make it work. I have to make this thing grow. Um, it's not yeah. working. I've failed. I failed. I failed. Um, so therefore, I have, I have no leverage. Uh, well, you don't if you continue on that path. Uh, right, that, that path That path now being dead, um, you get to turn uh, around and, and go the other direction, which is to say that now we're just we're not going to try to scale this thing to that extent. We're not going to try to grow this thing under under the constructs of, of venture capital, and we're just going to build you know a, a reasonable business or a great business uh, for for the ownership, um, and it leaves the investors out in the cold, which not awesome, right? And it's not like you intentionally none of did this, this. Is awesome. wasn't, yeah, yeah, none of it's clear. awesome. Yeah. Right, but it's far more awesome uh, for the the remaining staff for the founders, um, and and of course there are things that you can do. You know, we've certainly seen scenarios whereby you don't completely push the investors out of the cap table, yeah. but you put them into a more appropriate seat. Um, you work out profit sharing deals. Uh, I've seen people convert portions of it over to debt payable on yep. certain revenue Works. milestones. Lots of things you can do to be creative here so that it doesn't feel like you're just taking your toys and, and, and going to play in your own sandbox um, after they've helped to get it to that point, right? Which is not to be forgotten. Uh, yeah, but, it's it's uh, always worth asking. Yes, but I think it, it opens up with, right? Look, um, if, if you, if you want to pursue this, that's cool. I'm okay if we don't do it, but I got nothing left. Right. Yep. Otherwise, I'm going to go get another job. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, one that pays you, me money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and whenever I talk to founders like this, I was talking to another founder um, last summer, and they were in a spot where the company was doing 30 million in revenue. Right. So a significant amount of revenue. Yeah. Um. But same thing. You know. Uh. Expenses out out uh, stripped revenue, and the company sure. was losing money. Couldn't get to a funding round, and they had to do something with it. Once again, say, look, man, 30 million dollars is a lot of cash. Right. That's way too much money to not be able to restructure in some way and, right. and build a, you know, and reconstitute a business. Probably not under a broken cap table. In some cases, probably not with you making $90,000 a year because that's <laughs> what you've been stuck making for the last seven years or whatever yeah. your timeline was. Yep. Um, and you restart it and you look at it as, you know, as, as a buyback. 
Um, and investors will always push back at first, no different than you would. Yep. But they'll also come to the realization that at some point, there's no other option. Yeah. They're beating a dead horse at that point. Which brings us to the next point. Assuming that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Assuming maybe you don't want to do it. Maybe the company makes no money. Yeah. Right? The next is we got a fire sale. And now here's, here's where this, this line of thinking breaks. When I say, look, you're in a fire sale situation. No, we're not. We're not in a fire sale situation. Yeah. We're in a sell situation, right? You yeah. know, we've got, we've got assets. People want to buy this thing. Try selling a startup company that is out of money, has weeks or months to live, and see how much leverage yep. you have in the sales process. Right? Right. Good, good luck with that. Yes. You're, you're the only person that doesn't realize you're in a fire sale situation. And we know because we've talked to ungodly numbers of companies. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll give you an example, yeah. uh, Ryan, that you and I lived through. Uh, we've done diligence. Um, we've, we've sat down with over 100 startup companies to acquire. We've done yeah. diligence on 40. And most of them were in a fire sale situation without realizing it. Yeah. And, 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 and the situation was, was in as much as, look, if this thing was taking off, like you know, going up and to the right and you're raising tons of money, we wouldn't be, even be able to have a conversation with you. Right? You'd, be, right, you'd be beyond what we could afford. Exactly. Right? Um, but uh, when a company hits a certain threshold where it's, it's built a great product, it's, it's you know, had a lot of investment in it, but it's not necessarily a billion-dollar company, well, it's tons of value to us, yeah. right? even if it's uh, not a, a billion-dollar company elsewhere. But that doesn't mean it's a leveraged situation where you can say, hey, we're just going to run a process and, and see how many people come knocking. Here's what happens. Yeah. The investors, and by way of that, the the um the founders get this bizarre mindset where everybody sits around and agrees that the assets are really valuable. More importantly, <laughs> there's a bunch of people can be right. a dumb buyer, right? Yep. That's that's gonna see that. Oh, you know what? Yeah, we never made a penny in this business, right. but the data. Yeah, there's the people data. who are gonna want to oh, buy that. I, that's the dumbest argument ever, right? Or you the know, one I love is buy the IP or. Yeah, no. I love the one. It just it just needs a it just needs a good operator. It just needs yeah, an operator, yeah. right? I yeah. love that one, right? As if the people who've been working on this thing for five, six years just some, suddenly haven't figured out how to operate, right? That's that's all it was. It just needs somebody yeah, who's yeah, just yeah. A, an operations person. They're going to come in. Everything <laughs> will be fine. As if this is a normal PE buyout. As if this thing isn't on its way to the bottom of the sea in in weeks or months, right? So, yeah, lots of funny excuses at that point. The problem isn't so much how you got there. That ship is sailed. Yep. The problem is how people internally perceive what, what the asset actually is, right? right. And what, the, what, what the outcome is. And so I had a couple of situations where I built startups, we'd got a little bit of funding and we got to no man's land and I'm running around trying to see if there's going to be a buyer for it, right? And we had some people kind of kick the tires and maybe dig in a little bit, but you know, yep. not a ton. Um, but but the, the investors kept saying like, this thing has so much value. Again, I kept hearing the data. Um, or, you know, it, it, in, the, in the hands of the right person, this will be a huge buy. Yep. Back to the operator and, thing. Yep. And I'm like, mm. Mm. a couple things. <laughs> Number one, we have no money. So who's going to be standing around here to sell it, right? Yep. By the way, usually the founder, because we're, we're dumb, um, we assume that we have to be chivalrous and run ourselves into the ground for six to nine months and, and yep. make ourselves bankrupt trying to fix this problem that nobody else wants to fix. Um, here's a good way to say it. If the the investors are so sure that this thing is saleable, cool. Put in a hundred thousand dollars of your money as a retainer uh, to pay me through the sale. Guess how many people are going to sign up for that? Exactly yeah. zero. Zero. 
right? <laughs> it's a it's a great deal when you fund it, Mister Founder. <laughs> it's not a great deal if you ask me to fund it. But yeah. uh, right, and, and so the other side of this though is uh, once we realize we're in fire sale situation, we have to understand that we don't have leverage here, right? This is more of whoever wants to buy it on almost any terms. And I love to negotiate. So I'm not the kind of person that says, hey, let's just you know um, drop to our knees and, and, and get it over with. Right. What I'm trying to say is you've got to understand that at which point you have to sell the company, you're not in a position where you're getting top dollar. You're probably in a position right. where you're getting no dollar. Yeah. Right? You take yeah. what you can get. It's a very different place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the, I guess the, the core differentiator here Right, because as we move from like phase one to phase two, how much time are we typically talking about here? Like, I'm I'm trying to go back through months. through the history of months. yeah, it's 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 measured in months, and and so are there are there circumstances under which this doesn't move sequentially? I'm just thinking about you know the the, the buy it back if that's not possible. The like, do we ever do we ever skip that the fire sale phase? Like, under what conditions does that happen? Here, here's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, I, I was. Not sure why this popped in my mind, but I'm thinking like you don't try to land an airplane with your hand on the eject handle, right? Like those two yeah, things are incongruent, right? You can't like there's a point at which it's like you know when should we really just cut bait? Because that's where we're going next, right? The, the the next the next the next part of this whole thing is just run for the hills, right? right. And so the timing of that is is really important. You and I both know scores of humans who have ridden their startup further down than they should have. And lost even more money. You're not just losing opportunity at that point, right? You're not just losing, right. well, okay, if I keep doing that's always the thing, right? It's like, okay, if I keep riding this out, I'll pull more money out of savings. I'll keep paying salaries. I'll do whatever. Right. I'll, I'll hire a, an iBanker to, right? I'll do whatever I have to to try to get rid of this thing. I'll go all in, right? I'm putting all my chips on the table, which often leaves you at the end with a table. Um, <laughs> and, Less than a table. <laughs> right? It's not awesome. Um, and so I think that it's important to, to, to talk through that. Like, what are these triggers that would tell us, like, this is highly unlikely, right? Like, I, and I know we'd have to go through, like, we'd essentially have to be doing diligence on, on theoretical businesses to do this, but are there any big signs that say, look, you're not going to be able to buy this back. You're also not going to be able to fire sell this thing. Let's accelerate the running for the hills piece. Here, I, I hate to say this. Running for the hills is like your 80% option. Right. right. That's Instead the thing. of talking about this sequentially, let's look at it like a pie <laughs> yeah. chart. Yes. Right. And, and, and you were to look at my opportunity here and you say, I've yep. got a 5% chance of a buyback. That's, I mean, it's, it's a long shot unless you've got a good enough size business that it's even worth kind of going through that process. Right. I've got a 15% chance of selling it. And that doesn't mean I have a good chance. It just means the 80% chances I'm going to have to run for the hills. Right. So what I would do, Ryan, what you and I would do as co-founders of any business of this hypothetical, you know, uh, Titanic business is we'd sit down and if we were smart enough, we would say, look, chances are planes going down, yep. right? Tune up your resume, dude. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take, we're going to have some of these conversations, but um, we should be actively interviewing, right? right. It's, it's right. time to go. Um, at, by way of that, we should be actively cutting everything we can that's tied back to us. You know, I'm, I'm talking about those expenses that we mistakenly sure, sure. put on our Amex or, you know, whatever it is that, that we were tied to. I think run for the hills or plan to run for the hills and eject should be the primary plan. Now, some people are going to look at that and say, you son of a bitch, right? <laughs> right? 
all these investors put yeah. money into you. And um, and what about all these founders that kind of got down to nothing and then turned it around and built it up? Bullshit. All four of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. There are some Rudy stories, right? Where somebody yes. comes back and, you know, and, and kind of wins the game, right? I wouldn't bet on the chance of those stories. No. Guess who's not betting on the chance of those stories? Your investors who are going to watch investors. you run yourself off like Wiley e. Coyote off the, off the right. side of the cliff, right? We're not in this together at which point that the ship goes down, right? The investors have already invested a finite amount. They won't get it back, but they won't lose more. Correct. We will, right? Yep. You and I will because we're going to put our time, our money, and all of our plans at the time when we have the least of those resources, yes. right? An investor put in 50 grand, they're going to lose it and it sucks right? But that money was already gone. They were either paying their bills, you know, otherwise, or they won't. And if they couldn't, they shouldn't have written the $50,000 check, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> but we're not in that spot. We're totally leveraged. Our staff, gone, right? Yeah. They were updating their resume six months ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. under no illusions of what was happening. And, and, and if, if we didn't think so, so there's this thing called a side hustle. It's, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's actually now a full-time job. You've become the side hustle because yeah, uh, gone. We, we, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, but you bring up, it just I, you brought up something Go. interesting there, which is that you know, they shouldn't have written that check if they didn't have the money. This gets pretty dicey if that if you're first, maybe you're only round, or at least there's significant amount of friends and family capital in a deal, right? Yeah. And not to not to pour gas on the fire here, but that definitely makes this a harder decision. And I think this is one of those things that incorrectly motivates founders to to keep sticking to it, um, yep. and and to continue to just dig the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, because there's certainly a, a much higher emotional barrier there if this is a bunch of friends and family money versus the VC's money, right? It, it's it's all money, uh, but at the end right. of the day, if these are people you're going to have to sit down at Thanksgiving with, uh, then that that can feel pretty different uh, than you know a VC right. who's made hundreds of bets this year. I think we're talking about two different things, and, and I know I I've been in the peril of this. We got two options. Again, you and I are uh, uh, co-founders in this theoretical company. And I say to you, Ryan, two options here. Option one is we can keep running ourselves into the ground, yep. right? We feel uh, compelled because of the relationships we have and the, and the statements that we've made to do that. It's We're also used to it at this point. Like it's what we've right, been right, doing. Right, so right, there's, right, there's right. to some degree, this is just inertia taking hold, right? We're just like, right. this is what I've been doing. I'll just keep doing it. Right. Or option B is we can ask ourselves, we can look at the current state of things and say to ourselves, is this still a good bet for us, right? Yeah. For the next three, six, nine, 12 months, all our cash, is this a bet we should be making? If we were decoupled from the situation and someone said, hey, will you invest time and money in this situation? Would we say yes? Of course we wouldn't. Right. We'd be like, this is a terrible idea, right? So why are we so compelled knowing it's a terrible idea for us yeah. to go do it anyway? Because right. the people around us if they care about us, they don't want us to see us ruin ourselves. And if they don't care about them, care about the two of us, well, fuck them, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's go do something else. Got an answer for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. I, again, I think it's just, it's one of those things. It's one of those causal factors that we see um, that ends up keeping people from just pulling that eject lever when right. they should have. 
right? And right. and so there's there's lots of those, right? And and you know, uh, there's the the false hope that we can turn this around. There's the I've got to do this, you know, for for the team. There's um, you know, sometimes we're so compelled by that the problem we were trying to solve. If it's deeply personal, uh, those things all all can get in the way too. But like you said, the the likelihood is right. The, the writing was already in the wall. There's a reason you're you're having these discussions with yourself. Uh, the business was failing. It's likely to go under, um, and therefore, the sooner you let go of that, uh, the better for everybody's sake, right? Not not just for your own sake. Um, but it's rarely executed that way, right? I mean, just we we often see founders putting on that that ship captain's hat and and you know putting on the brave face and going down with the ship. Um, you know who remembers that later? Almost nobody except no. the founder. <laughs> There's no hero hey guys, story. Remember that time when I was really cool and I was a superhero and I, you know, I, I did the I did the honorable thing. Like, you mean yeah. when you bought us lunch last week? What are you talking about, man? Like, yeah, yeah. No nobody remembers any of right. that. And, and at that point, within our lives, within our business, we wake up and we realize we're not uh, playing to win. We're playing to not lose. Yes. and that is a very different Oof. place. Yep. And that goes back to the bad bet syndrome. Like we're putting, you know, um, uh, bad money on a bad bet yep. and no one's going to tell us otherwise. And I think at which point we get into this sort of no man's land of funding, we've got to realize, we've got to realize that there's no money to be made here, right? There, there are no riches in this land. And the only thing we can do to save ourselves, to save the company and everyone around us is just to get all right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.